You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Welcome to another episode of the Rise and Love podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I have with me Lindsay Robinson. Lindsay is amazing. I was on her podcast several months ago and she's so fun and so brilliant and you're going to love this episode. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about her bio and then I'll let you hear from her more about what she does and how she helps people and it's just going to be so good. So Lindsay is a certified clinical hypnotherapist and success mindset expert who specializes in helping ambitious women all over the world tap into their subconscious mind to clear the limiting beliefs and programs keeping them stuck and create lasting positive change. Through her expertise in subconscious programming and the power of the mind, her one-on-one hypnotherapy programs help her clients connect to this inner power to manifest all the abundance and success that life has to offer. Her podcast, High Vibe In It, gives weekly guidance, tips, and inspiration to creating your ideal abundant life and speaks to an audience of 40,000 monthly listeners. To learn more about Lindsay, visit lindsayrobinson.com. I'll tell you more about how you can connect with her at the end of the episode, but in case you want to look her up right away, it's Lindsay spelled L-Y-N-N-S-E-Y Robinson.com. So welcome, Lindsay. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you about all things subconscious. Yeah. (laughs) So why don't you start off by just explaining a little bit more about who you are and what you do and sort of how you even got where you are right now? Okay. So, well, it's, I wish it was like a short and simple story, but I I don't think any of us have that. You know, when we talk about how we got into our passion, it's usually an experience, right? So first of all, what you should know about me is I was a super weird child. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I grew up loving like the spirit world and like hoping to talk to ghosts and like being super, (laughs) being like super afraid, but also like I couldn't help myself. Do you know that feeling of like, I just have to like, so I would be the kid that like, I grew up in a small, like, I don't know, old town, I guess it was established in like the early 1800s. And so they had this, this library with like old newspaper archives where I would just go up to the attic and look at old obituaries. I swear to God, this is true. (laughs) And then I would go to the cemetery and just like look for the people that I found in the obituary. Very, very, I had weird hobbies. Okay. Look, I I don't know. So then, you know, I was very into like spirits and like the other side, I was so into what we can't see for my entire life. And then as I got older, I never really lost the interest in that stuff, but it kind of morphed into like when I got to college, I was studying forensics. So very much still in the death area. Wow. And, and I, my sister gifted me this book called journey of souls or, or was it destiny there? It's a two, 
it's a journey of souls and destiny of souls. And I'm pretty sure it was journey, but then I immediately read the other one after. So they kind of get blurred together, but it's by Dr. Michael Newton changed my freaking life. So through these books, he basically takes, uh, through hypnosis, he takes these people through their past lives, through their life between life and through their process of choosing the next life. And I had never seen anything like that before. And it spoke to me in so many different ways because it spoke to the spirit side, but instead of the death aspect, it spoke about the life aspect, which it never occurred to me that when you're talking about the spirits or, you know, what we can't see that there was a life aspect to it. I, you just assume it's like about death. So once I got like familiar with that, I could not get enough. I read everything I could read about it and then let it go. Cause life happens, you know, you, you figure life out. I was 19 at the time. So shortly after I moved to California, fast forward to 2012, I had, which was what, like six or seven years later, I had my son. And before that I'd been working like retail management. Right. So I had my son and I was like, I, I can't go back to work right now. Like I'm not leaving this child. Like there's no, I don't know how people do that. I know I have friends who have no choice, but to leave their six week old at the daycare to go back to work because they just don't have the choice. And I am so stubborn when it comes to like, not to say they aren't, but I'm just saying like, there was no option for me to go back to work. I just wasn't doing it. And so I looked into ways I could like make a career for myself. And for the first time ever, I asked myself what I wanted to do. And I never asked myself that before. And I think a lot of people listening might be able to relate to this. You you look for the thing that's safe and you look for the job that's going to, where you know where your money's coming from and you know that you're going to be financially secure, whatever. And so for the first time, I was taking the leap away from that. And I asked myself what I liked and hypnosis popped up like immediately. But immediately after that was another voice that was like, Mm, you need to figure something out that's safer. Let someone else do hypnosis, right? Which again, a lot of us can relate to. So then I was like, yeah, you're right. I let it go for like 15 minutes. And then I was like, well, wait a second. Why can't I? And I I asked the question that countered the fear. Yeah. And I didn't have an answer, not a real answer. And And that helped me call up the nearest school that you know I could find in LA at the time because that's where I had moved to when I was 20. And um, found the school that was really close to my house, which was super weird because I'd never noticed it before. And it happened to be down the street from where I had been working before I had my son. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is too weird. So I go to the school, take the tour, call my husband the same day. And I was like, can I do this? And he's like, yes. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So I actually have no obstacles in my way. I can do this. And so it was like a little... um, a speed bump in my brain, like, cause you're looking for all these reasons not to do something. And at this moment I had no reason not to do it. And it was kind of jarring. So I did it a year later, I graduated. Um, you know, there's a six month study and then a six month internship or residency where you're seeing clients. And, and I graduated as a clinical certified hypnotherapist with honors. And I got all these academic awards, which I had never gotten in high school. So that was pretty cool. And I think it's just because I wasn't passionate about it. And this is something I could literally talk about all day. So long story short, very long story short, <laughs> I make my own hours. I'm literally in my house right now upstairs. I woke up 
45 minutes ago to get ready for this interview. Um, <laughs> in case you didn't know, it's really early where I'm at right now. But I can go right back downstairs and be with my family after this. Like, there's nothing like choosing your passion over safety. It's super risky, of course. But as long as you have that motivation and inspiration that this is what you're supposed to be doing, you're unstoppable. And I know you know what I'm talking about. But that's how I got into hypnosis. I'm never looking back. And I know for a fact that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's the best feeling in the world. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Such an interesting story. It's so funny. It took a lot of twists and turns, I know. <laughs> no, I love it. No one could have ever anticipated that, which is just great. Cause it's like I always tell like I'm sure you see this with your clients also, where it's like you don't have to know every single step. There's no way you could have anticipated. Oh my gosh. Right? Exactly. Um, Especially the fact that it took like six or seven years in between me learning and lighting the fire within me to actually listening to the voice. That's like, why don't you just do it? (laughs) You know, it took a while. It took having my son and I will forever be grateful to that child for persuading me or pushing me to, to not have another option to go into my passion, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's a powerful thing that you said that you had to be willing to go back and say like, well, why not? You know, we don't do that, right? Like we have an idea in our head and like a belief and it's like, oh, that's just a belief that I have. And we leave it at that. And it's like, no, sometimes you have to be like, wait, is that true actually? Yeah. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was legit questioning the subconscious programming that I had been born with or not necessarily born with, but that had been instilled with me uh, into me as a child. My my parents would never, ever Mm -hmm. have thought it was possible to do something they wanted to do over something that was safe. And so it's just, and children do it all the time. The next generation does it more than their parents did. My kids will do stuff that I'm going to think is crazy. It's just, I didn't know that I was questioning the subconscious programming, which is so ironic because that's exactly the field that I got into. I have no explanation except it had to be my higher self and my higher wisdom. Like, Hey, don't ignore this. You know, it's amazing. It has to be. Yeah. It's so funny to me that you said that you were so interested in like you wanted to see ghosts because that is my biggest fear like to this day. <laughs> I went to I went to boarding school for high school and the school was built in 1909 and it was like when it wow. was wow. Yeah, right? And when it was originally built, it was for these very very wealthy girls who would come with their maids, you know, so it was like there were like the rooms that had been converted from like servants quarters. Yeah. So it was just very creepy. And that was always like my biggest fear. So I was hoping you weren't going to take it to like one of your scary experiences. Cause I'd be like, I have to stop. No, 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 no. <laughs> but honestly, before if uh, truly, if I hadn't found hypnotherapy, thank God I did. But I feel like <laughs> when I was younger, I swear I, I was going to become like a ghost hunter or like, <laughs> you know, something re- in that arena or a forensic psychologist or something like that, because I just needed to be close to I don't know. I needed to be close to the spiritual side of humans, I guess. And to me, at the time, death meant spirituality. But now I know it's like it can be so much more than that. Yeah, so many things. So tell us a little bit about what hypnotherapy actually is, because I'm sure people have all sorts of ideas or they've seen a a show and that might be their only experience with it. So break it down for us. What is hypnotherapy? Okay. So ooh, if you don't know by now, I say way too much. So I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. But if you kind of, this will be a breakdown of how the subconscious mind works 
with hypnosis, if that is okay. But if you can just kind of get with the idea that when you're born, your mind is a complete blank slate. The only two things you're born with actually are the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. And maybe for you, the fear of ghosts. (laughs) It sounds pretty deep in there. But the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling are innate instinctual fears. Everything else that makes you who you are is a learned behavior. Now, just sit with that for a second because a lot of times we're like, oh, no, this has got to be instinctual, which now it is. But at some point, you picked it up. At some point, you learned it. The good news is anything you've learned to this point can also be unlearned. So... If we can imagine your mind as a blank slate, except for those two fears, up until about age seven, eight, or nine, depending on the child, um, your mind's completely open. You're accepting everything as true or factual because you have nothing to contradict it with. You have no prior knowledge. And when you get to be about that age, you get what's called a critical filter or the critical mind, which separates the conscious and the subconscious. So everything that was put in there, likes, dislikes, experiences, associations, become the subconscious mind. Um, Once that critical filter is put in place, everything in the conscious mind, your reason, logic, decision-making skills, willpower is in there. Um, In the conscious mind really only makes up about 10% of your mind. And that's being generous. Okay. Now they're saying it's more like seven to 5% of your mind because we just don't know. Everything else in the subconscious is kind of the boss, you know, because that's the most, it's all your automatic behaviors. It's all your emotions. It's all your um, experiences and and your associations and things like that. So you're going to take those with you and you keep picking them up as life goes on because the subconscious job is to protect you and keep you safe and keep you alive. Okay. So if it associates, you know, the fear of heights, if it associates high places with death, it is going to try to get you to avoid that at all costs. It's the same thing with love, right? If you've experienced heartbreak before, your subconscious mind has said, okay, let's run down a tally of everything that happened in the situation and not do that again. And sometimes it gets confused, you know, with what it actually wants to avoid. Some people just swear off love altogether. Um, Other people will swear off certain parts of it, but then end up in the same exact situation because they're not looking at the parts that failed. They're looking at the whole thing. And so that can either, that can sometimes hinder you. So sometimes the subconscious gets confused as to what is dangerous, but at the bottom line, the the end of the day, its only job is to keep you alive and to keep you safe. So with hypnotherapy, what we do is we take an idea, a thought, uh, an ambition, an an intention, a goal that you have consciously, which is where they all originate. And we check in with the subconscious programming. And if it doesn't match with what's in the subconscious with your experiences and and how you, what makes you, you and how you feel about certain things, then it's just going to kick it right back out. No amount of willpower in the conscious mind is going to go up against 90% of your mind. It's just not going to happen. So then we must get the subconscious mind on board with the conscious goal, or it's just not going to happen. So that's kind of what hypnotherapy does is it brings you to a state of full focus and um, intention, really. It's a laser-focused state of mind that just allows you to persuade, I guess, or to help the subconscious see that what you want consciously is actually safe, is actually good, is actually something that you want to work for. And then once you get the subconscious mind on the same team as the conscious mind, you have a hundred percent of your mind 24 seven working toward that goal. It just becomes automatic. And if you think about like everything you have up until now has been an automatic attraction. 
a subconscious attraction. So you're constantly attracting based on your beliefs, your feelings, based on the energy that you're putting into the universe. So why not use something that you already are doing, you know, to create positive results for you in your life? Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. (laughs) So how does it actually work? So what we do with hypnosis, like I said, it's it's like a it's a relaxed and focused state of mind. And really, one thing that I really want to preface is that you, Crystal, you listener, <laughs> even me, we all go into hypnosis every single day. So if you have ever gone to sleep, you have gone through a process of hypnosis. This is something you already know how to do. This is software that's been installed at birth, maybe before. And we just use that ability that you already have to trigger at your will when you decide to become, um, to help your subconscious become more prominent. So right now the conscious mind is driving. The conscious mind is the one dictating how my day's going. But the second I enter hypnosis, the conscious mind doesn't turn off. It just kind of goes into the passenger seat and the subconscious starts driving. And so we lit, we allow the subconscious to really listen and be receptive to what we're telling it you know, love is safe or money is safe or, you know, um, being healthy is a good thing, that kind of thing and getting it on board with, with what you actually want. So it takes, if the, my favorite metaphor is like the bouncer in a club. So if you are without hypnosis, you're walking up to the club and which is the subconscious mind and you're (laughs) asking the bouncer, which is your critical filter, if you can get into the club and if he checks his list and what you in, you know, which is, you know, the goal, the, the associations, the knowns, if it checks its list and, and it's not, you're not on there, he's going to say, no, you can't come in. But with hypnosis, what we do is we tip him 50 bucks mm. and we just get into the club <laughs> and we mm. start to, and that's where we start to change those knowns or modify them from false positive associations to actual positive association. So everything in your subconscious mind is there to keep you safe. Now, consciously, we know that a lot of that stuff doesn't make any sense. A lot of that stuff is outdated. A lot of that stuff is just old. A lot of that stuff is maybe not even ours. Maybe it's someone else's that they put onto us and we decided to keep carrying it with us. So hypnosis is a very good way to sort out what's yours, what isn't, and even then what you want and what you want to get rid of. And we can easily do that with, with hypnosis, with hypnotherapy, it kind of feels like if you've ever meditated, it feels a lot like that, except you are deeper. So it's like a deeper state, you know, that dreamy floaty feeling right before you go to sleep or right before you wake up. It's like that. And you're never unaware. You're always aware. You're able to speak. If at any point during the session, you don't like what's happening, you have full control to get up and stop the process. Like there's no like taking of free will. There's no suppressing of control at all. It's actually a more in control state because you get to decide even on a subconscious level, what's going to happen and where you're going in the future. So it's really, really cool. So you work with people just one-on-one? Yes. So right now I do have one-on-one programs. I've implemented a group scenario, which last year went really, really well. We did it for money. Um, I think the next one I'm going to do might be for worthiness, deserving, something like that, but I haven't really fleshed it out yet, but it's something that I'm definitely attracted to, um, because I love the group aspect and it was such a success last time that I really want to do it again. But yes, definitely one-on-one. I have 
six, nine, and 12 week packages that really get your mind in the right place. Because if you think about how long you've been living with said challenge, (laughs) whatever it is, it's probably been years. And to think that you could be well on your way to being free of it in the next six or nine weeks is no time at all. It's a really fast process because you're going directly to the area and the point and the source of where this stuff's coming from. And so the change is very, very quick, comparatively speaking, and it's really long lasting as well. Is hypnosis something that someone can do on their own or do they have to work with a hypnotherapist? So nobody has to work with a hypnotherapist, but I will say you should (laughs) because (laughs) it's like, okay, so self-hypnosis is definitely a thing basically like meditating. The, the thing is with clinical hypnosis is you need to be in a deep, deeper state than you would need to be with meditating. With meditating, yes, you can get to a nice altered state. You can start to change things in the subconscious, but I'm going to use the car metaphor again. You are the driver. You need to make sure that you're that your state is staying level. You need to make sure that the depth is good. And you also need to be the passenger enjoying the sights, right? So you need to play both roles when you're doing it by yourself. Mm -hmm. And it can be hard, harder. It can take a little longer. It's not impossible by any means, but a lot of people prefer to just get in a comfortable spot, listen to someone else, you know, talk to them and do the heavy lifting for the next hour and just feel nice and enjoy the sights. You know, you can massage yourself if you want. Is it more enjoyable? Probably not. Um, but, (laughs) but you could, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that would probably be the answer. Plus looking at you as an observer and knowing what to look for. I can tell if you're having an ab reaction. I can tell if you're coming out and we need to deepen you. I can tell if certain words are working better than others. It's just such, because I know you so well when we work one-on-one and I know exactly what you're here for, I can tailor it specifically to you to make it work as quickly and successfully as possible, you know? So when someone comes to you for something like hypnosis, Mm -hmm. do they need to, like, let's say that someone is just like, I want to make more money. Like, can you start with something that is... Like they don't know what the subconscious beliefs are, obviously. So is that like, is that how someone starts when they just say, I have a specific problem? Like, how do you like, what's, yeah. What do you need to know before you start? Well, usually when somebody, first of all, when people come to a hypnotherapist, I'm usually the last resort. They've usually Mm. tried affirmations. They've Mm. tried meditating. They've tried business coaching. They've tried, oh my gosh, they've tried acupuncture. They've tried Reiki. They've tried EFT. I mean, the list goes on and on. They try all the things and then they're like, hmm, it's not working. Maybe it's my subconscious or maybe it's my mind that I need to think about. Some people, um, most people when they come to me know that it's a mental issue because they know that what I do is a mental you know, a mind thing. So they, they, they feel like that's a possibility that it could be in their mind. So a lot of times they'll say, you know, I have this challenge with money or I have this challenge with relationships, or I have this challenge with health and I cannot seem to get anywhere on my own. Mm. Or I know I'm at the edge of something really big and I just can't get over this hump. I can't get over this like speed bump. And it's I'm going in circles and it's very frustrating. That's usually some variation of what happens when they come to me. So I don't really need to know anything because most of what we're going to discover is going to be in the sessions anyway, because it, it takes 
one of my favorite things to do and the most effective is to take the client into hypnosis and have them communicate with the issue. And mm. so then you get such a wealth of information and, and wisdom from them themselves. And that's really where it all is anyway. Like all the answers are already inside you. I just know how to help you realize that and help you discover what those answers are. Mm. So they're able to hear you and actually respond. Yeah. So there's nothing like yeah. scary about it. Oh, absolutely not. No. In fact, most people that come, even if they're a little bit, well, I say come to me, but it's really dirt like via video. So they get to be as comfortable in their own house as they want to be. But when they like start the session, sometimes somebody has a few nerves just because they've never experienced it before. And it's everything that's new is scary. It's just a fact until it becomes normal for you. And then it becomes normal, not scary. So even people with a little bit of nerves when they get started by the end of the session, I swear to you, this happens 99% of the time. The person is like, why'd you count me out? That was so comfortable. (laughs) I want, I would stay there all day. It happens all the time. And the other 1% is fine. They just don't say anything, but at 99, make a point to tell me (laughs) that they want to stay in hypnosis because it really is so relaxing and it's so welcoming and it's so comfortable and safe and secure. And it's everything that your mind and body needs in that moment. It's the complete well-being package, I would say. It's just great. So my listeners are mostly single women who are, you know, calling in love. So, you know, someone like that, if she came to you and she says, you know, I have been dating for years. I am so ready to meet my person. And I just don't know where he is. I don't know why it hasn't worked out with me. How do you work with someone like that? Well, first of all, as you well know, it can be for many reasons. Mm -hmm. From a hypnosis standpoint, sometimes it is energetic, meaning what they're putting out isn't necessarily a match to what they want. So that is where we would go and figure out what kind of energy. Sometimes you don't even need to figure out the cause. You know, I would say going for cause is probably the second approach that I do. The first and most prominent usually is just treating the symptoms because Mm. I don't necessarily need to take who you were 20 years ago to understand where you're going. So I can take the person that you came to me as today and assist with those parts of you that are just not congruent with what you actually want. So sometimes it's an energetic thing. Sometimes it's a limiting belief thing, sometimes, Mm -hmm. which, you know, worthiness would definitely fall under that umbrella. And limiting beliefs are the number one reason someone comes to me because they don't feel based on what's in their subconscious mind, they don't feel like they're ever going to get past it unless they can release, you know, release what's not working. So Again, don't need to necessarily go for cause. I will if the treating the symptoms is not showing the progress that we want to see, but examining what those limiting beliefs are, um, sometimes examining where they came from because it helps the client understand that, oh, okay, that's not mine. So I don't need to hold on to that anymore because the reason there's a reason you're holding on to it still. The subconscious mind is still registering it as active in, in the processes that it's working with, that's still active. So we need to figure out what it is and make it okay to release it with love. And, and remember, anything that's in there has served you at one point. Right. So even if it doesn't make sense to you, at some point you needed this and it did help you get to where you are today. So we're not releasing with hate. We're not releasing with disgust. We're not releasing with like 
any disdain whatsoever. We're releasing these things with love, thanking them for assisting us when they did, thanking them for the help that they gave us up till now, but I don't need you anymore. If I do, I'll call you kind of thing, but you know, they never do. Um, (laughs) But sometimes it helps the client to know that if they ever do need this limiting belief back, they can always go back and get it. So yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but you know, you definitely did. I think it would be great if you would speak a little bit more on how sometimes, like not sometimes, always our limiting beliefs were serving us at some point. And so sometimes there's reluctance to even let them go, even if on some level you recognize, like, I don't really want that anymore. Exactly. So without going into too much detail, I had a client very recently who came to me for a very specific limiting belief. And so we went into hypnosis, we spoke with the limiting belief, realized that the client was still so attached to it that it that she wasn't ready to let go of it yet. And so mm. we said, okay, we'll sit with it for a cup. We can stay in this limiting belief for as long as you want. And that's the beauty of it because you client are the driver. I'm just saying what you want me to say. I'm just giving your subconscious the feedback that you tell me you need to get to the next level with my professional input, of course, and my recommendations, but I'm never going to force anyone to get rid of anything that they aren't ready for. And that's a key component. One day you will be ready. If it's not today, that's fine. So yeah. And, and it's, it's really big. Like I can think of a few things that took me a really long time to be comfortable getting rid of. And some things I'm still not ready to get rid of. One of those being the control aspect. I am a huge control enthusiast. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in some aspects, I've been very good about releasing it. But in other aspects, I'm just, I just prefer to have control in certain areas. And I am very much understanding that this control aspect started as a child with me and, ser- and served me very well in getting to adulthood. I mean, I didn't have a stable childhood. If you couldn't tell by my ghost story background, I craved security and foundation and stability my entire life. And so control is where I get that from, you know, with, especially when it comes to my business, I have a huge problem giving up control, but there's a lot of things. I mean, I'm sure your listeners are probably thinking about the things in their lives that they might be reluctant to release. And that's okay. Because one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, okay, I'm ready. (laughs) So you don't rush the process, but just know, and it doesn't mean that just because it served you once that you have to keep it either. So remember that if you can release these limiting beliefs one day, you are just making room for better beliefs. You're just paving the way for things that are going to help you evolve spiritually, relationship-wise, career-wise, personally you name it. It's just going to help you evolve. It's just going to serve you in better ways that are taking you to more success, more love, more happiness, more whatever it is that you need. Why don't you explain a little bit more when we talk about, like maybe an example would be helpful of something that may have served someone as like a small kid where it's like, okay, you can see where you would have gotten this belief and it did protect you or benefit you in some way, but doesn't anymore? So the biggest one would probably be, well, I mean, I'm just going to go back to the worthiness aspect, you know, Mm -hmm. where we get worthiness or rather unworthiness from can vary. But the point is, if you have it, 
I think your question is, if you have, for example, the unworthiness limiting belief, how did it serve you as a child? Right. Unworthiness or any, like just right. the difference but between example, how something yeah. may have served you that doesn't serve you anymore. Okay. Well, it translates differently when we're kids, right? So we don't necessarily think, oh, I'm, I feel unworthy or, you know, right. we don't use that language when we're children, but it essentially is the same thing. So if you learned that you didn't deserve certain things or you were overlooked or ignored or talked over all the time or, or shown that what you had to say wasn't important, right? Later in life, when this unworthiness thing keeps coming up, a lot of times it can save us, I suppose, from being vulnerable, Mm. save us from heartbreak, save us from putting ourselves out there just to be rejected because Mm -hmm. that's what we know. So if we carry this unworthiness trait with us, it is a form of protection because you don't have to be heartbroken if you never get in the game. Yeah. So if you just assume that you're not worthy of the good things, you don't have to be deprived of the, you don't have to like have them and then have them taken away because I know that that's a huge thing is like, you know, that it's better to have loved than lost than never to love at all. A lot of people would argue with that because mm-hmm. once they, once they feel the love, there's nothing like it. And then once it's taken away, it's the worst thing in the world Yeah. at the time. It's the worst thing. So I'm going to avoid that at all costs and just not try anymore. So if it didn't work out, it must mean that I don't deserve it. And I'm not, I'm just not going to go for it. Even on the subconscious level, these things are happening. Even if it's not something you're thinking consciously that you don't deserve, really examine where these limiting beliefs might be showing up, where you don't feel fulfilled. Mm. If there's any area in your life where you don't feel like you're living it at a hundred or you're living it at the best it could possibly be, there's probably a limiting belief in there, big or small giant or minuscule that's probably holding you back from where you want to go. Mm. It's just, you know, how it works. (laughs) So interesting. So interesting. So right at the beginning of our conversation, when you were talking about how you sort of knew that you were interested in hypnotherapy and then you said to your husband, can I do this? And he right away said yes. That was an interesting thing. This is not necessarily directly related to the hypnotherapy, but I thought that was a really interesting point because what I find with a lot of the women that I work with who are often probably similar to your clients, very high achieving, very smart, Mm -hmm. have a lot of ambition. And they're sometimes some fear around, you know, being held back perhaps by having a husband, sort of like almost what you were anticipating that he would say no, or like, oh, that's a crazy idea. And, you know, what I know about you and a lot of other women who are in happy relationships is like their partners are like the first person to support them and like tell them to, you know, go for what they want. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought this up again, because looking back, I probably didn't explain that enough. And that tends to happen when I speak is I kind of just roll over everything at once. But I want to be very clear. I wasn't necessarily asking permission because I'm an Aries. I'm a Ram. I don't ask. I would have done it. Okay. Let me just make that clear. I was going to do it anyway. But the fact that I had the support of my husband was super important because it was not a small amount of money. You know, it was an investment. It was, it was a very, it was an accredited school. It was a legit operation. And it, you know, I got grants and scholarships for it as well, but 
even out of pocket was not small. And we had a new baby. I wasn't going to just be like, hey, guess what I did today? You know, (laughs) you have to keep communication open. The fact that he said yes wasn't surprising. But the fact that he knew how much it was going to cost and was still not even wanting another conversation about it. He was just like, yeah, if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And that kind of showed me, I mean, we'd only been married. How long had we been married? Just like a few, less than a year. And so I, we were still kind of getting to know each other as married partners. And um, so that was a pleasant surprise. It's like when you live together and you want to remodel a part of the house, sure, you're going to probably do it, but you want to have communication with the partner. You don't necessarily need to ask permission, but it is a collaborative event because it affects both of you. And so that's what I think is super important, especially with like women who are ambitious and who want, who have drive and know what they want in life. Having a husband might, might hold you back if you don't pick the right husband, like period. (laughs) But that's true with anything, you know, a husband will hold you back, not just in career, but with your self-esteem and with life in general, if you don't pick the right guy, if you pick the right guy, he's going to support you. Same thing with wives. If you pick the right girl, she's going to support you no matter what. But yes, I'm glad that you brought that up again, because I didn't want you to think that like I had asked him permission because I just, that makes me sad to think that I would have to do that. Just because I'm so stubborn <laughs> when it comes to like, no way am I asking my husband's permission. But also at the same time, I love him so, so much. And I want to make sure that he's okay with the big change that's about to happen in our lives. No, I fully understand what you meant. Yeah. I didn't think that you meant literally like, oh, <laughs> husband, may I please may do I this? May I please have higher education? <laughs> yeah. So if anyone, li- yeah, I don't know why. I, and the fact that I worded it that way to begin with, yeah, I definitely, if I were listening, I would have thought that like, why is she asking? But yes, it was, it was an investment and it was affecting both of us. And you must have communication when it comes to stuff like that. I hear so many stories of, you know, like my clients who will say like, my husband has no faith in my right. ventures because right. of this thing that happened a few years ago. That was a huge mistake. And so now he's super hesitant when I try to do anything. He's not supportive. He doesn't even oh. know I'm doing sessions right now. And I'm just like, oh. oh. And it's really sad because if you want to be successful in hypnotherapy or anywhere, you need a support system. So the next question I ask them is like, okay, who's supporting you? <laughs> You need people. If you don't have people, go on Facebook, find a group of people that is aligned with what you're doing and where you're going in your career and what you are interested in and join the group and talk to these people because you need a support system. You just, we can't do it alone. I certainly didn't. And I love doing stuff alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally understood. And what I really latched onto was just that he was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Without hesitance. I will never, ever forget. Yeah. The way. And he's like, yeah, sounds great. (laughs) You know, men are interesting because, you know, I had a similar thing. I went through a career change very early on in my marriage and my husband was the same way. And I remember being on the phone with him and being like, oh my gosh, what if he's like, you're crazy? We like, yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know, right? Yeah. But he was like, go for it. If that's what is going to make you happy. I was like, okay. And that's how, you know, and it's like, I think that this will be expansive for my listeners just because it's like, that's what you want. I think sometimes women can get very caught up on some of the qualities that don't actually lead to happiness in a marriage. Like you, especially as a mother, it's like you have a family. So the things that might make a great or fun boyfriend or fling are not necessarily the same. (laughs) They're going to make for a wonderful family. 
Oh my gosh. I can't believe you just said that so well. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And there are things I'm going to be really honest right now. Like when I first started dating my husband, the first thing I had a crush on him for like two years, but it was like, you know, boyfriend crush. It was like, Mm. yeah, he'd be fun to hang out with. Sure. But like immediately I told my roommate, I was like, I can never marry this guy. And she's like, why? He doesn't have a real job, really. I mean, we were 20. We were 23, something like that. And who has a real job at 23? I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, some people do. But I was like, I can't. There's no way. He's like, he's still partying and he's still like, it's just fun. But this was like immediately when we started dating. I think as girls, we just constantly have to like plan ahead, you know? Anyway, so fast forward, I end up marrying him. But the thing is, the second I got pregnant, he stopped his, he was waiter at the time. He stopped being a waiter. He got a legit job and now he works in production. He's completely established himself, but the only downside is because he let me do my thing, my passion thing. Now he's like, when do I get to do a passion thing? So mm-hmm. we're working that out now with like how we can integrate something he's super passionate about. Cause I don't think that that is fair at all, that he has to carry most of the weight of the family and not get to do something he absolutely loves. And I get to just be up here talking to you and having the best time ever, you know? So that's something we're trying to work out, but it is, it is a co-creation. It is a co-creative partnership. And, um, yeah, it's so funny that you say like boyfriend qualities are not husband qualities because that is true. However, he definitely checked, unchecked a few boxes and checked a few of the actual like legit boxes as, as far as husbands go. So, and sometimes it works, but that is so true. And I just like, I love that you just said that. I love that you said that like as soon as you got pregnant. It's like his instinct as a man kicked in. He's like, I'm going to be a father. It's time for me to provide. Like That is exactly what he said almost to a T. He's like, (laughs) well, I'm going to be a dad now. We have to figure this out. We have to do life now. I was like, yes, we do. (laughs) It's amazing. It's like such an, I mean, we don't have children yet, but it's such an interesting thing to see when it's like, their their instinct is a man and it's like this is what yeah. it means to be a man i'm going to be a father i have to provide in a particular way it's like I, I i don't know i love it it's like so sexy just like watching men be men and like feel that yeah, and and own it right because yeah. a lot of times they'll be like well you know, why do i have to do this blah, blah, blah. you know right. i know a lot of men who well aren't fathers but who are like <laughs> our age which is 34 35 and still like drinking almost every night and like just having flings and just like I guess if that's what you want but like who knows what would happen if you if you had somebody that you felt you wanted to be better for like I 100% and this is I think we talked about this in in the podcast you're on with me with us me and Kelsey is you want to find someone that helps you bring out you yeah And a lot of people say like the best of you, but I don't necessarily think it has to be just the best of you because when, with my last boyfriend before my husband, he didn't know I wanted to be like, I was interested in hypnosis. He had no idea that I had any other part of me that wasn't going to the bar and dancing like, because that's all we ever did. And he didn't ask questions about me. He didn't care to know about me. Um, I changed a lot of who I was to fit the mold of what I thought he wanted. Wow. And I I know, I know, I'm shocked too. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought it would be possible of me, but I needed his attention so bad for some reason at that time because Mm -hmm. he was the kind of guy that made you like feel cool just to be around him. 
Ooh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, of course yeah. I do. So you wanted to like be in his atmosphere. You wanted to be in his energy field and whatever it took to get there. And I was the one that he picked, you know, it was kind of like that kind of thing. Like wow. he put himself on a pedestal. So you kind of wanted to be up there with him. Oh, so ridiculous. And I knew at the time that it was complete bull crap, but I did it anyway. But like with, with my husband, he knows everything about me and he still chooses me. Mm. And I, it, that's the kind of thing that like you, that's the kind of thing that you think about and you're like, well, yeah, but that's like, no one can choose all of you. Uh, yeah, they can. First of all, yes, they can. And I always say this, like, I have a lot of people come to me that are like, I had this, this relationship for a really long time and I was, I'm so attached to it. I just don't know if, if I can ever find it again. Mm. And I'm like, girl, you found it once you can find it twice. Yeah. Everything in nature is repetition. Everything. Trees don't grow one time and then die. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Everything yeah. is repetition. If you found it once, you can find it again, but better. That's what I say. But better because there are obviously things in this situation that you liked and some that you didn't. So if you can just get with the idea and be open for a second that you can find it better with all the things you loved about this last one and new good things that you actually want, oh my gosh, like there's nothing like it in the whole world. Oh my gosh. So what you, this is all, it's like giving me chills when you said that he chooses all of me. It's like making me tear up because I feel the same way about my husband and it's very, very special. And before, and it sounds like you had a similar sort of thing where it's like, not all of my relationships were like that. Like I had been madly in love with guys that not only didn't choose all of me, like they were hardly choosing me at all. And part of me still wanted them. And it's just like, no, like you have to understand whatever it is that you like about this one person, there's someone else who can have that, who actually wants you, like who, who yeah. like sees you. Like you have to imagine if someone doesn't see you in all your glory, like he's got to screw loose because like you have to know you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it also, let me get this clear too. It is a scary thing to know that somebody can see every single part of you and still choose you because then there's that limiting belief popped up. They're like, well, where's the drama? How am I, what, what if it's boring? boring. Yeah. So honor that, recognize that that's what's going on. It's, it's a dual, you know, we, we all have a responsibility in this relationship. If we're talking romance or what have you, the guy has a responsibility to be who you need him to be. And naturally, right. We're not trying to force anyone to be anyone, but if he's naturally the person that you need in your life, make sure that you're okay with that because a lot of times we're, we think we are, we want it so bad, but then when we get into it, we sabotage it and we ruin it and we wreck it. And we just repel it away from us really fast because it goes against everything in our subconscious that tells us like, Oh, that's dangerous. What if you get your heart broken? What if something happens? Then you'll be alone. What if you have it and then lose it? You know, all these things running that have been running for years in the background silently, like little silent, but deadly killers of a relationship. And now they're all coming up. So be aware. And when you do recognize stuff that's happening, don't freak out because you don't have to live with it. (laughs) You know, just recognize it and be like, oh yeah, that's outdated. I don't want that anymore. Let me see what I can do about that. You know, don't go into like panic mode because then you do have a choice and it's just a decision that you don't have to deal. You don't have to deal. You could be who you want to be, have who you want to have and live the life that you want. I know it sounds too good to be true, but you're, there's two people right here who are doing exactly that. And there are more and you could be one of them. 
Yeah. So good. I feel like that's actually a perfect place to just like leave our listeners with today. Yeah. But I definitely want to let people know how they can find you. If they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more, how can they find you? So as Crystal mentioned, we have a podcast called High Vibe in It, and it is on anywhere you listen to podcasts. I have a co-host, Kelsey Aida, and we talk about every single thing that we experience that helps us stay in high vibes and helps us master ourselves and love ourselves and empower ourselves and really get over those mindset blocks that kind of stop us day to day. Um, We talk about literally everything. So check it out. Also, if you want to learn more about hypnosis or me, you can go to lindsayrobinson.com. And uh, I have some free hypnosis on my website that you can try out too. Start improving your mindset right away. (laughs) Amazing. That sounds so good. Thank you so much for joining me. This was such a fun conversation. I'm sure some of my listeners are going to be excited to learn more about you. And I'm just really glad that we were able to do this. This was so, so fun. All right. Well, that is all that I have for this week's episode. I will speak to you again soon. Bye. If you want to call in love this year, if you want my support, sign up for a call with me. I mean, really, there's two ways of working with me. I have a higher level container for women who want to shift their identities, transform their whole lives. So for women who really want to transform their whole lives, you're ready for massive transformation. You want to just shift in a big way. You want to call in that love, but you also just want to create everything you want for yourself, you know, sort of make all of your dreams come true. Then you should consider joining me for this higher level container. It is a six month program. It's a lot of coaching with me. This is for people who are just like ready for a full reality transformation. It is the most powerful container that I've created this far. And it's going to just change your entire life. And I'm very, very excited to do it. So we're going to get clear on the entire reality that you want to create. And I'm going to work with you over six months to create it. So Obviously, you're going to call in the love that you want, but any other changes that you want to make in your life, in your business, with your health, we can do all of that as well. You know, we'll talk about men and money more. We'll talk about how you can manifest more money. We're going to go in on everything. So I'm very, very excited about this. Um, We'll be starting later in January, and it's a very small group. It is going to be limited because everyone's getting a lot of coaching from me. So if you wanted to work with me at a higher level, you want to really, you know, get my eyes and feedback on your life, you know, all of the aspects, then this is for you. This is like the closest thing to having, you know, a personal coach. I will be personally coaching you. So that'll be really, really powerful. It's an investment of time. It's an investment of energy and it's an investment of money. So it's not for everybody. I'm enrolling people just through by invitation only through calls. So if it's something that you're interested in, sign up for an engage in a year call. We'll get clear on your vision. We'll uncover any obstacles that are in your way and we'll determine if it's the right thing for you. Okay. It's going to be a very powerful program for anyone who's ready to take that step. I am so grateful for all of my listeners. I love creating this content. I love this podcast. And there's nothing I want more than for more women to have happy, healthy, loving relationships with the man of their dreams. 
Now, I have a small favor to ask. If you have been listening and enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps so much. It is the only way that we are going to get this content into the hands and ears of the women that really want it and need it. So if you have been listening for a while and you're absolutely loving the podcast, leave us a rating and review. It means absolutely everything to us. Thanks so much and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast. 